Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Amen. Return to your seats, but don't lose that state of, not state of mind, that state of spirit, that state of anticipation. Amen. We don't preach here for applause. We don't preach for entertainment. We preach here to deliver a word of God to people that need God. We've got a friend, a man of God here today, pastors in Rockford, Illinois. Amen. He's been here several times before. We're glad to have Brother Anthony Bailey here with us today. Amen. And before he comes, I want us to pray. And I want us to pray as we pray that God is, here's what I want you to pray. God, you're going to speak to me. All right, personalize that. God, you're going to speak to me today. And whatever is spoken, I receive that word. And I also want us to pray a blessing over Brother Bailey. I know he's away from his church today. I know that's a sacrifice. Amen, but we're so honored that he would come to spend this Sunday morning with us. So I want us to stretch a hand toward Brother Bailey. I want us to pray over the man of God and the word of God that's about to be spoken. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, we pray over Pastor Bailey today. We pray over the church, God, there in Rockford, Illinois. God, we pray what you started doing in that city, in that community, Lord. Uh, even today, let there be testimonies, oh God, of breakthrough and miracles. Uh, in the name of Jesus, bless his home and family, oh God. Uh, and Lord, I pray right now as he gets ready to preach today and deliver what you have placed in his spirit, God. We receive that word. Even before it's been spoken, God, we receive that word. Uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, we re- that's it. Somebody's receiving it right now. Come on, the bank is open. Somebody's opening up your heart right now to receive what God is getting ready to deposit. In the name of Jesus. In in the name of Jesus. And also he has his daughters with us. Amen. Shaylin and Alana. I say or pronounce everything right. All right. We're so honored to have them. Beautiful young ladies that love God. And I'm not trying to be a matchmaker. I told you all Sunday at the wedding, Jessica was... And Haley over my one try at matchmaking. So I'm, not, I'm just saying they're beautiful young ladies. Guys, don't get any ideas. Amen. Brother Bailey might not be as tall as me, but he packs a big punch. Amen. Let's welcome Brother Bailey to this platform today, to this pulpit. Deliver to us the word. Well, the Lord is good. And he's in this house today. And I'll be honest with you. I think Pastor is on, he's on it. And... Uh, I, I would not have been disappointed if he just just go ahead and flow in that. And I believe that God has intentions to do the miraculous here today. There's something deeper that is happening in this room today than just something that makes you feel good for a moment. I believe the Holy Ghost is here today whew, to give you a sustainable victory. Yeah, not just Sunday goosebumps. He wants to give you something that will walk with you every moment of every day through the valley, through the mountain. And uh, I've, I've asked the Lord to, to just speak to us. 
I've asked the Lord that the gifts of the Spirit would operate in this house today. <clears throat> Today's going to be a day that changes your life for somebody here today. If you're hungry for the Lord, I just believe that God's going to meet with you. And your effort and your willingness to make your way to the house of the Lord is going to be a day that you will forever be thankful for. It has nothing to do with me. You have the most incredible uh, pastoral family and wonderful preacher, and we love them dearly and so thankful for them. Um, so so I'm, um, you know, your pastor preaches around the world, and he's wonderful, and their children, I love all of you so much. I'm not here to impress you with preaching today. I'm here on a mission and I believe that the Holy Ghost is just going to speak to us. So if God will, will help us. I just want us to come with open hearts. So, so get beyond me today if you can and if you can see me. All these tall preachers, I have to stand on my tippy toes. But if you can get beyond me today and just hear what the heart of God is, I really want God to just revolutionize our mind in our hearts today. There is a hunger in this house. From the very first moment I came in here, there's something that is pursuing God. And I'm, I promise you that your pursuit of Him, will you will not leave empty-handed. You're not going to leave disappointed. God's going to meet you here. Amen. Amen. It's such a joy to have my daughters with me. And... Um, Oof, man, I'm just an emotional wreck today. That happens when you get older, I guess. But I love them, and I'm so thankful for them. I'm so proud of them and their walk with the Lord. And um, they indulged and, and allowed me to bring them with me. And thank you, Pastor, for allowing them to come. And their friends are here, so glad they're here. Lamentations chapter 3 today. Lamentations chapter 3. want to read a few verses. Now I have about a two-hour message and I'll try to be done in about 35 minutes. Try. My daughters doubt that, but I'm going to try. Amen. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Everyone say hope. It is of the Lord's mercies whew, that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good to them that wait. Everyone say wait. The Lord is good to them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both Hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. There's no way that I have time to unpack everything in this text. And I want to talk to you a little bit this morning on this subject. Don't waste the wait. Don't waste the wait. <clears throat> Before you're seated, turn to a couple people, maybe shake their hand and tell them, I hope this preacher doesn't preach very long. 
God bless you. You can be seated. The year was 586 B.C. The nation of Israel had already been taken into captivity, and now the city of Jerusalem was under siege by the Babylonians. And soon the walls of the city would be destroyed. The Babylonian army would plunder all of the gold and the silver and the bronze and items in the temple. And then, ultimately, they would destroy the temple. Many people would be killed and others would be taken captive into Babylon and the rest would be left in Judah without anything. Their whole society and way of living was completely destroyed. Imagine if everything that you knew, everything that was familiar, your town, your home, and your family was annihilated, was taken away, was, was destroyed. This is their scenario. And it's in this context that Jeremiah writes these words that we read. The Lamentations give us firsthand insight into the personal life of Jeremiah. Jeremiah's suffering caused him much pain, and perhaps you've all been here today. I'm sure in this room full of men and women and young people that have gone through some seasons of life, you, you understand some of the loss that can come in life. Now, bear with me a moment. I hopefully don't preach you into a deep hole here today. But I don't come today to preach to you some false narrative of your life. I think it's important for us to be honest and to be forthright and just, let's just say it, life brings some hardships. There are some dark days that come in life, whether it's a loss of a job or challenges with finances or family or health. Maybe there's addiction. Maybe there is some other uh, element of life that is bringing you pain this moment. Perhaps today you've come in here and you've watched others rejoice and sing and dance and jump and clap and 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 you know that in your heart you want to engage in that and yet in your mind there are the memories of the pain that you dealt with even this morning before you could get here. You had a strong dose of reality of life that has caused you to come in here. You've been faithful and you're here, but you're distracted by the realities of your life. And though you've enjoyed his presence, you still feel the sting of the pain of your life. We're all there. We've all been there. Pain is guaranteed for anyone who takes on the task of living. Oh, yeah. All right. See, I'm one of those guys, we just take off the mask. We just get real here today. Because listen to me, this is too real for us to walk around and just act like nothing's happening in our life. Can I tell you, you cannot conquer something you won't confront. <clears throat> today, you'll never find deliverance from something you avoid <clears throat> in your life. Let's just go ahead and call it like it is. Life gets hard. 
Let's just be honest today. Life brings disappointments. Pain is a guarantee of life. It rains on the just and the unjust. There's one thing that the just and the unjust have in common. It's going to bring some pain in your life. There's going to be some disappointments and questions and some uncertainties, and there's going to be some things that you didn't see coming. Oh, yeah. Pain. Why is there suffering, we ask? Well, I, I don't have the answer to all of those questions, but I do know there are some reasons that suffering comes. We suffer because of our own actions sometimes. Now, I know I'm not preaching to you as that person down the other end of the aisle, but we suffer because of our own actions. We may not always understand what situation maybe created a chain of events, but, but there are times that it's our own disobedience that brings upon us the pain in our life. Amen. And sometimes we suffer because of the actions of others. We like that one better than the first one. We go through things because somebody made a terrible decision. If you're honest right now, some of you are fighting a little frustration and and maybe even bitterness and, and things that are going on in your life because somebody else made some decisions that are affecting your home, your finances, your relationships, your children. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We getting real enough yet? And so, and so we all bring that stuff in. And so sometimes we assume that we're the only one carrying the baggage of someone else's poor decisions. Let's be honest. Every one of us have a backpack, if we're not careful, that we could pack with some unforgiveness and some things that, that really they're not necessarily our doing, but now we are dealing with woo, five minutes in, and here we are just blowing it up. But it's real. It's real. Suffering comes because of decisions that we make and choices that others make. And then there are times that pain comes and suffering comes in our life that truly has no explanation. I don't know why. I wish I could tell you why you're going through some things. Your pastor, I, I, he's a great man, but I know there's some situations that, that, that we just don't have the answers for. And we all want to know why. And, and we all want an explanation. And here's what I've, one of the hard things for me to, to wrestle with, and, and it's a point that I'm still growing in, if I can be honest here today. I try to be honest. But, if, but, but, but there's a point that, that I wrestle with, and is that God doesn't always give me an explanation. God doesn't always give me an explanation on why things are happening the way they're happening and why someone treated me that way and why someone said this behind my back and why it's taking longer to be fulfilled than I thought it should take. And I, I, I thought for sure we'd have turned the corner by now. And I don't always understand the ways of God. I don't always understand the timing of God. But here's where I, I, the conclusion I've come to. I refuse to let what I don't understand about God in his ways erase my confidence in what I do understand about God in his ways. 
So I've just come to this conclusion. I'll never understand everything about God. His ways are far beyond my ways. But I have established this fact. I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to believe in him. I don't have to understand it to trust him. Hallelujah. I'm talking to some men of God in this house. You're looking at your family. You're looking at your wife. You're looking at your scenario, and you're saying, I don't know. But God's calling some men in this house to stand up and say, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be faithful. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is she begging bread. Come on, mama, trust in the Lord. Come on, Dad. Trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Here's the reality. Pain is real. But you hear me. If you're going to live in this life, you will have to learn to live with a little bit of tension in your life. You're going to learn to live with some things that you don't have figured out yet. You're going to have to learn to worship when everything doesn't make sense. You're hanging with me today. I know I'm coming on strong. Just hear my heart today. Hear the voice of God today. We don't put things on pause because we have painful situations. In those moments of our life, we have questions. That is the moment that we need to solidify our confidence in God. Because hell's going to come around and try to create question in your mind. That because of one area, you don't understand how God is working. Now, for some reason, you creation all, you question all the other areas and the testimonies and the years of God's faithfulness in your life. Hell wants to undermine that with a moment you don't understand. See, I'm just a pastor. I, I, I'm not here to patty cake around here today. I'm here to get somebody beyond that point because hell is trying to push you into a corner. Hell is trying to back you into a dark dungeon. And I've come to preach you out of there today and tell you, you can still trust God. You can still depend on God. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Somebody just clap your hands to the Lord. All right, I, I got to move on. Somebody shout hope. hope. So in this scenario, you can be seated for me. In this context, in this context, I want to preach to you, don't waste the weight. In spite of the uncertainties of life, hope is possible. Now, what is hope? How is it possible? Now, hope is much more 
than just wishing on a star. It's much more than cliche and empty promises. Hope is a sure expectation. Biblical hope. Everyone say biblical hope. I'm not talking about political hope. I'm talking about biblical hope. (laughs) Biblical hope is a confident expectation based on the solid certainty of the promises of God. Biblical hope is an expectation that something good is going to happen because God can be trusted and he keeps his promises. My worship is not founded on an emotional response. My worship, my faith is grounded on the promises, the word of God. So when you see me dancing, I'm not dancing because of what I feel. I'm dancing because of what I know. How many know you can trust the Lord? Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. The writer of Hebrews wrote... Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Somebody say he's faithful. Somebody say he's faithful. I may get fearful, but he's faithful. I may get weary from time to time, but God is somebody needs to let the devil hear you say it. God is faithful. You walked into here and hell tried to give you a voice of retreat. But somebody needs to lift your hands, lift your voice, and let hell hear you. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm not speaking against my God. God is faithful. Turn to somebody and tell them God is faithful. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith brings its own evidence. I know what the, man, I don't know if I'll get through this. I may just do round two tonight. Can I, can I go down in here? Sorry, cameraman. But I got to get up in here. Me and the devil's going to have some tussling here today. Because I want to talk to some good men and women of God. You love God and hell's been pushing you around. Messing with your mind. Messing with your marriage. Messing with your relationships. Messing with all kinds of stuff. And you're beginning to believe the lies of hell itself. But I've come to preach the truth to you tonight. I know what you think the facts are. But faith. Hey. I know fear has spoken. It's time to let faith speak in this house. Come on. It's time to tell fear. You've had your last word. Faith is rising up in this house. 
God's going to get the last word in this situation. All right. All right. So, as we read Lamentations chapter 3, be seated. I'm, I'm just going to, as we read Lamentations chapter 3, something happens in verse 21. Jeremiah seems to remember something. His, his thinking seems to transition. He's been thinking of the pain and the suffering. But now he seems to transition and have a new thought. <laughs> he said, when I recall to mind some things, I have hope. As long as I rehearse all the trouble and how I was done wrong and what they did and what they said and how I felt and as long as I rehearse the painful situation, I'm hopeless. I'm fearful. I'm angry. I want vengeance. I want to even the score. I know I'm treading on thin ice here. But you know the Holy Ghost is speaking to us here today. And he said, but, but, but when I stopped rehearsing what brought the pain, and I began to recall the Lord's mercies, <laughs> I transitioned from hopeless to hopeful. I transitioned from hurt to recovery. I wonder if there's somebody that says, hey, I don't understand it all, but that doesn't change my opinion about God. I still got my hope, Sister Brooke. I still got my hope, Sister Satan. I still got it. I've got my pain, but I've still got hope. I got hope when trouble comes my way. Remember that song? You had to be around a long time to remember that song. I don't remember all the words. I just remember I've got hope when trouble comes my way. Anybody else remember that song? I've got hope since Jesus has come to stay. I have hope when things are not well with me. I have hope. Ooh, it's a beautiful hope. And all the while, hell's like, yeah, but, but this happened. This, yeah, 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 I know. But I'm just going to let Jesus handle that. I'm going to hang on to my hope. <laughs> I'm going to let Jesus handle all that. I'm going to hang on to my hope. I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of that baggage. And I'm going to hold on to my hope. Woo. Somebody shout yes. Oh, hell's trembling here today. He said, hope returns when I remember this one thing. The Lord's unfailing love and mercy still continue. Woo. Listen, his mercy didn't vacate the premises when the enemy of your soul showed up. God didn't bail out on you when hell showed up. I'm pushing back today. I said, I'm pushing back today. Somebody needs to say, darkness, you're going to flee. I'm hanging on to the light. Depression, you got to flee. I'm not wasting this period. I'm 
I'm not letting my victory walk out. I'm going to have what God says I can have. Come on, there's breakthrough in this house. There's breakthrough. Somebody lift your hands. Somebody lift your voice. I'm not going to waste the wait. Come on, brother. You don't have to backslide. Come on, sister. You don't have to get bitter. Hope is rising. The gifts of the Spirit are operating in this house today. In the name of Jesus, be loose now. I set you free by the authority of the name of Jesus. Be seated for just a couple minutes here. Something's breaking in this house today. I may be waiting, but I'm not weary. I may be waiting, but I'm not getting bitter. I may be waiting, but I'm not losing my hope. I may not have it figured out, but I still trust God. Come on, living hope. Come on, living hope. Let's set the record straight. We're not wasting this period. We're not wasting. There's a revival in the waiting period. There's a move of God in the interval. Come on, mama. Don't stop praying for those babies. Come on, dad. Don't stop being faithful. Hold on to your hope. Uh, just give me just a couple moments. Be seated for a moment. I want to drive this nail home just, just for a moment. Jeremiah found hope. He took reprieve from rehearsing his troubles. And Jeremiah began thinking about the goodness of God. He found hope in the certainties of God. He remembered that God's mercies are new every morning. That is certain. He found hope because God is good to those, he said, that wait on him. That is certain. Jeremiah found hope because of God's unfailing love. That is certain. Economy changes. 
Opinions change. Fads change. <clears throat> Waistlines change. God's word never changes. Not only that, the Bible says he cannot lie. There's not even an option that he can lie. There's not even a possibility he can lie. Can't do it. Hear me. In the uncertainties of life, you can have hope, a sure expectation in the promises of God because of the certainties of God. It's not up for debate. It's not up for a public opinion poll. No, it's certain. It's certain. God can be trusted. Jeremiah had a hope that God would restore the kingdom. This is so important. He had a hope that God would restore the kingdom and release the people from captivity so that they could once again become a nation. In fact, this is astonishing to me. Jeremiah was so certain of this, that he took the last money he had and bought a parcel of land as the Babylonians burst through the walls of Jerusalem. While the enemy was barging in, <laughs> Jeremiah said, I want some land right there. I'm buying. When everybody else is trying to get out. I'm buying in when it would make sense to sell. If we survey the crowd, all the experts would say, it's not a good time to buy. It's not a good time to invest here. It's not a time to be all in here. Because the enemy is overtaking. Everybody's losing everything. It's not good to buy here. And God told Jeremiah, it's time for you to buy in this field. Because sooner or later, it's going to change. <laughs> and he said, in fact, he said, one day, everyone's going to be trying to buy here again. And there's going to be, you read it, he said, there's going to be singing here again. There's going to be babies' voices here again. You're going to hear new birth again. But he said, Jeremiah, I don't want you to wait until everybody else is doing it. I want you to buy now. Buy when everyone else is uncertain. Buy when everyone else is bailing out. I wonder if there's some men and women of God that'll say, we're buying in. I know culture, it says bail out. The religious says bail out. We're buying in. We're not throwing away our hope. We're not selling generations out. Yeah, yeah. Jeremiah said, I believe this so strong. I'm going to do something that doesn't make sense. Hear me. To people without a word from the Lord. He said, I got a word from the Lord. 
And I'm not missing on this opportunity. Some would say it's stupidity. If I can say that word, it's ludicrous. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. Listen, the ways of God are beyond our imagination and beyond our own logic. I got so much bubbling, I'm trying to get it straightened out before I put it out of my mouth. I'm just telling you that God is calling some people to, to stop rehearsing what went wrong, what didn't happen, what coulda, shoulda, woulda, and it's time to invest and buy in to the miracle that's on its way. See, if you buy when everyone else is buying, you waited too late. Crazy real estate market. This isn't in mind, but it's a crazy real estate market right now. And the reality is, is that everybody's, those that are trying to buy, it's a, it's a, honestly, it's a tough time, right? Prices are going sky high. Listen, back in 2008, and everybody's losing everything, at least in our area. You could buy pretty much anything you wanted to buy. For pretty much any price you wanted to buy it. And those that had some money, and those that had some confidence, those that saw beyond the current situation and had the stamina and the, and the wherewithal to, to wait out some tough times. To, to, they had the strength and the resources to wade through the weight. Yeah. When things started coming around, they started making bukus of money. Because they were buying in when everyone else felt like they needed to bail out. What I'm telling this church today is we can sit around and say and complain about what isn't happening. Now is the time when it's tough, buy in. When it's hard, buy in. Because there's going to be a day, it's going to ah, the seasons will change. And God is going to get the glory. You see, for a moment, people in our day find it difficult to hope. Very different types of hope. One is hope for something, and the other is hoping in someone. Apostle Paul described it this way. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. At that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now... But now, when say now, now in Christ Jesus, you were one who were once afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. <laughs> God wants to give hope to somebody today. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. So, so Lamentations chapter three. I know I'm throwing things at you because I'm, I don't want to take too much time here. So it's, I'm chopping it up here, but bear with me. Lamentations chapter three. When I read this. It, it, it brought some question. I, I began to be intrigued by this concept. Lamentations 3.25. It says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And then it says, it's good that one should hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Hope and Wait. Now, I suppose that you could say, well, you know, the few things hoped for, the things that are coming, it's not happened yet. I understand, but 
in my mind, I always connected hope, you know, with this great confidence and man, it's going to happen. And, and I know some of you, you've been decreeing and declaring we're the victor, not the victim, and we're the head, not the tail, and we're above and not beneath. And if you'd be real today, your emotions are telling you something very different. It doesn't look like you're the, the head today. It doesn't look like you're above it today. It doesn't feel like you're the victor today. I know, I know. You're like, come on, Pastor, let's, let's dance some more. We're going to dance, but we're going to be real while we're dancing. Because <laughs> the reality is this, is that... Decreeing and clearing, absolutely. I'm not against that. What I'm telling you is sometimes there is an interval between what you decree and what you experience. What you, what the, the promise and the fulfillment of that promise. And what you do in the waiting period, the wait. What you do in the middle of that determines whether you experience or you don't. The Israelites, were, they were given a promised land. But what they did on the journey there caused them to have to wait 40 more years than they were supposed to wait. Because of how they handled the interval, the pathway, the journey there. I could say it this way, the wait. They postponed the promise by what they did along the way. I'm making sense with that. So, so the reality that I have, the question I have is this. What do we do while we're waiting? Worry? No. Walk away? No. Blame? No. Doubt? No. While we're waiting. Jeremiah said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to hope and quietly, <laughs> quietly wait. I got to be honest with you. I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. If I go to a department store, you know, if I go to Target or Walmart, whatever, you know, before they fired all their employees and made all self-check, I was the guy that would jump from line to line trying to find the shortest line, the fastest line. Anybody else like that? That's what I did. Problem is, I still always pick the one. I picked the one that was writing their first check. <laughs> Couldn't find their ID. And then it wouldn't go through. Not sufficient. <laughs> Anybody else feel my pain here? It's like I, I'm just, I get impatient. I'm on the road. If I'm not careful, I'll get a little impatient. And, um, Father, forgive me. I get impatient. My nature, by nature, I don't like to wait. I don't want to wait. I, I don't want to wait in the drive-thru line. If they take too long, I get impatient. Now, I don't yell and scream and fuss, but, but, but I get impatient. Why? Because I don't like to wait. I don't, I don't want to wait for my sweet tea. I don't want to wait for my bacon cheeseburger. Making myself hungry up in here. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm... I'm I don't like to wait. I get antsy when I wait. Sometimes I'll wait, but I don't wait quietly. I'm waiting, but I'm complaining and whining the whole time. Anybody got some little kids? <laughs> it's like, Mom, just a minute. Mom, Mom, Mom. Mom, 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 mom. Just a minute, just a minute. They're waiting, but they're not quiet about it. They're not patient. Jeremiah said, it's good that we should hope 
and quietly wait. You know what God wants to give somebody in this house? He wants to give you a quiet confidence that he's got it. You don't have to post on Facebook every time something's going wrong. You just say, I'm going to quietly wait until my change comes. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I'm going to wait. All right, be seated. Give me five minutes. How many will give me five minutes? You know that trick, 5, 10, 15, 20. That's right. <laughs> they that... Quietly wake. Here's what, here's what he said. When we find ourselves waiting, he said that, 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 that God is good to those who wait for him and to the soul that seeks him. Now, I keep getting distracted, but here's what I need to tell somebody. While you're waiting, do not disengage in your pursuit of him. Seek him. Invite him into your situation. Here's what's happening. Hell is convincing people that because it hasn't happened in your time frame, that, I'm, that waiting means I'm going to go hide in a corner somewhere. And I'm going to isolate myself and disengage from the body. I'm just, I'm going to wait right here. And when God wants to give it to me, he'll give it to me. Waiting is not some passive way that we express our disappointment with God's timing in our life. We roll up into church, move a God like it's been happening in this house. We all curl up. What's wrong? Oh, I'm just waiting on God. Let me give you the posture, the correct posture of waiting. Thank you. I'm sorry, this was pre-planned and everything. I'm sorry, bro. Here's because here's what happens. You got you got just a minute here. Here's what happens. Sometimes we think waiting means we think this is the posture of waiting. Get our double chin going. Someone comes by. Hey, brother, how you doing? I'm waiting. Boy, God's good, isn't he? Maybe for you, but I'm waiting. Brother, it's good to see you today. Yeah, good to see you too. I'm waiting. That is not the posture of waiting. The proper, the proper posture of waiting is pursuing and seeking him. I'm not going to take time to finish all that, but let me just say it this way. Through prayer, we pursue him. While I'm waiting, I'm still praying. I'm not going to abandon my prayer life. Because God hasn't met my time schedule. I prayed once and it didn't happen. But hell, take notice. I'm still waiting. And I'm still praying. And I'm still believing. I'm not disengaging. 
I'm not isolating. I'm not going to waste the wait. Prayer, just go ahead and stand with me. We'll call it even. Posture of waiting is not passiveness. The posture of waiting is prayer. Posture of waiting is praise. <laughs> I've watched some of you run around. You run around here. Yeah. You ran around here. You danced around here. You hopped, jipped, and skipped, and jumped around here. Here's what I know. You have some stuff that hasn't happened yet. But you said, you know what? My posture of waiting is not sitting here making a list of all the ways God did me wrong and somebody else said this and somebody else did that. No, no, my, all my making a list of all my unfulfilled expectations of God. While I wait, you're going to see my hands lifted. But don't, don't mistake my lifted hands as a sign of surrender to the enemy. It's a sign of submission to a God who is still on the throne and he's still in control. Bitterness, you're not going to get in me. I refuse to blame God anymore. I'm going to experience. Lift your hands all across this room and lift your voices. Call out. Call out on the Lord today. Call out on the Lord today. Come on, now's not the time to check out. I know I preached quite a while here today, but now's not the time to disengage. Some of you desperately, you need to engage in the spirit. Some of you need to respond. Let me say one more thing here. Let me say one more thing. Thank you for your patience today. But while I wait, I refused to be stagnant. I refused to accept the status quo. Just because I'm waiting doesn't mean I can't grow along the way. Hear me. Something stuck out to me recently as I read Romans chapter 4. It's regarding Abraham. The version I read it in was the ESV. and I'm not sure if they can put that up there. It doesn't really matter. It'll mean the same thing. It says, no unbelief. We know that God's promise to him came about 20 years before he actually saw it happen or so. That's a long way. That's a long time, I mean. The Bible says about him that no unbelief made him waver. or He staggered not at the promises of God. Here it is. But he grew strong in his faith. That's what the ESV says. While he was waiting, his faith was growing. He staggered not. Now, when God first told him, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a promised child. Abram laughed. He laughed. He's like, it'll never happen. It's impossible. The scenario you are giving me, God, it cannot, I just don't see. They, they. They had a moment of doubt. Let me say this to somebody. I've been saying this recently because I think it's important. Don't let a moment of doubt become a season of doubt that becomes a lifestyle of doubt. 
You, I'm begging you, confront that quickly. And I've been confrontational today because I want you to confront that quickly. Because hell's trying to talk you out of the promise because you don't understand the timing of God. The Bible says that Abram grew. He grew in his faith. Every year that passed, no son, and he grew in his faith. Now, where he made the mistake was he tried to fulfill God's plan his way. And it created a scenario that they're still fighting about in the Middle East. What I'm telling you is trust the providence and the plan of God. I know we could have danced our way out here. I understand that. And maybe we will. But this is so important. There's some things you can't just dance your way around. You need to confront today. And you need to say, God, once and for all. I'm putting this in your hand. And as long as I'm waiting, I'm growing. Here's what I know. There have been things in my life that I've thought, God, why? Why isn't this happening the way I thought it would happen? The way if, I, if you'd have just done things how I planned it, we could have moved on by now. I came to this conclusion, Pastor. God knows what I need when I need it and when I can handle it. There's some things I, I wasn't ready for. Oh, in my mind I thought I was. It's kind of like a three-year-old who thinks, you know, they're ready for something. No, it's like, no, you can't handle it. You don't put a five-year-old behind the car. Just because they want it doesn't mean they're ready. Sometimes I've, I've tried to demand God to do things that I was not in a place spiritually mature maturity wise that, that he knew you know what I get, you need to grow a little bit more there's some things I'm growing into and hell wants to abort your future by causing you to get stuck where you are because you haven't seen what you know the ultimate thing is for your life fulfilled yet. You may be, a, God may have called you to pastor somewhere, but if you just got the Holy Ghost three days ago, you're going to have to grow into that. Well, I should be doing that. That's fine. I'm not saying it, it won't happen. I'm saying you got to trust God and trust God's leadership in your life to say, hey, I'm going to grow into this. And God, you know, what I need, when I need it, when I can. God knows the future of living hope. God knows the future of living hope. He knows what your plans are. He knows you need to build another auditorium on this thing. He knows all that. But I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost, God's eye is not strayed from living hope. You have God's attention. And in God's time, he's going to give the word to the man of God. And you're going to grow into it. but something's pulling it out of me today. God's going to be ready to call your number one day. You need to be ready. Don't waste time in practice. Don't just show up late and not have discipline during the week. When God calls your number, He needs to be able to depend on you 
You've prepared. You've prayed. You've praised. You've allowed him to do what he needs to do. And in God's timing, it's going to happen. I refuse to waste the wait. <laughs> God's going to get the glory out of this. Here's what I want us to do. Here's what I want us to do. Some of you today, I, I don't have time to go deeper. But you know the Holy Ghost is trying to reach for you today. And you know he's speaking to you where you are. There's some deep emotional things that God wants to heal you of today. That's right. So that you can walk out of here with a sustainable victory. It says, God, I'm just going to wait until. Now listen, some people say, I'll believe it when it happens. And others say, I'll believe it until it happens. How many say, I'm going to believe it until it happens? So here's what I want us to do. Whatever your protocol is, but I want you to just come to the front. And I want you to bring all the baggage. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.